Amen Rahim. All the brothers that have completed their salah that has come forward inshallah and sit close to each close to each other inshallah. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا بعليكم الصيام كما كتب على الذين من قبلكم لعلكم تتقون أياما فمن كان منكم مريضا أو على سفر فعدة
فمن شهد منكم الشهر فليصم ومن كان مريضا أو على سفر فعدة من أيام أخر يريد الله بكم اليسر ولا يريد بكم العسر ولتكملوا العدة ولتكبروا ولتكملوا العدة ولتكبروا الله على ما هداكم ولعلكم تشكرون وإذا سألك عبادي عني فإني قريب أجيب دعوة الداعي إذا دعان أجيب دعوة أجيب دعوة الداعي إذا دعاني فليستجيبوا لي وليؤمنوا بي وليؤمنوا بي لعلهم يرشدون بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إنا أنزلناه في ليلة القدر وما أدراك ما ليلة القدر خير من ألف شهر تنزل الملائكة والروح فيها بإذن 
Respected brothers and mothers and sisters in Islam, in the beautiful deen of Islam that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has honored us with, every amal, every action has got an external dimension and an internal dimension. Inshallah, we wish to touch on just a few points because time is at a premium. And Qari uh, Huzaifa, inshallah, respected Imam, will elaborate on some of the important masail. Although it might be basic, but it is amongst the essentials and it's important for us to at least know when we do an amal what nullifies and invalidates it. So when a person at least learns those points which will affect the correctness of the amal, those are things which at least could be avoided even if you are not able to maximize in doing many, many virtues. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created us for his ibadah, as we heard in Salatul Isha, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, the meaning of the verse is that we have not created jinn and ins except that they worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the sahaba radiallahu anhum say the correct ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can only be practiced upon if there is correct ma'rifah of Allah. So they translated liya'budun as liya'rifun. So if a person has not recognized who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, he does not know what he needs to believe about Allah and what not, what should not be believed about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then his external a'mal would be defective. Outwardly he might be thinking he's practicing on deen, but internally he would be void of what is the requirement of the acceptance of the a'mal. The verse which was recited by Qari Yusuf, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us of the injunction of psalm and fasting. Kutiba alaykum as-siyam. Fasting has been prescribed upon you. Kama kutiba ala ladina min qablikum. The way it was prescribed upon those before you, although the month of Ramadan exclusively is a gift to this ummah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ so that you may acquire taqwa and consciousness. So this is the hidden and the internal ingredient and dimension which has to be found for the objective of psalm to be achieved. And then Allah reminds us and He says, أَيَّامًا مَعْدُودَاتِ The word ayyam in Arabic is called jam'u qillah. It is a plural, but it denotes a minimal amount of plural. 
So it's a few days. And then Allah says, ma'adudat, a very limited amount of a few days which you have at your disposal. So we know how the month of Ramadan comes. The first day goes a bit slow, the second day slow. And then before you know it, it's the first Jumu'ah, then the second Jumu'ah, then you say, how many paras are finished? And then we're already coming close to the second half. When we hear Surah Yasin in the Taraweeh, then we know that we're coming close to the end. So we need to maximize and take advantage of uh, this opportunity that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has mentioned multiple and many, many ahadith and transmissions and narrations about the virtue of fasting. In fact, in the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the people of Jannah will be told, كُلُوا وَشْرَبُوا هَنِيئًا بِمَا أَسْلَفْتُمْ فِي الْأَيَّامِ الْخَالِيَةِ That now you are allowed to, to enjoy yourself and indulge in whatever you wish in Jannah because of those empty days that you spent in the world. Empty days meaning the days you spent without eating and drinking. So the month of Ramadan, respected brothers and sisters in Islam, is a month of tahdeeb. We are supposed to be disciplining and training our hearts. If the heart is disciplined and focused on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then the rest of the actions which emanate from our bodies throughout the year will also be pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in order for the heart to become obedient to Allah and to be trained, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us the example of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Because he was the perfect being externally, and he was the perfect creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala internally. And he was the most beloved unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was in the form of a human being. He was a bashar and a human being. But the quality of his human nature was beyond our comprehension. Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah says, Muhammadun basharun laysa kal bashari. Al-Yaqutu Hajarun Laysakal Hajari. He says, Muhammad is Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He is a Bashar, a human being, unlike any other human beings. Like a diamond can also be termed technically a stone, but it's unlike the stones we find lying, lying outside. So there might just be a resemblance in the word, but the, the reality and the haqiqah is something else. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us this month of Ramadan. And one or two points I wish to share with the respected brothers and sisters present and listening. And that is, in the month of Ramadan, we are instructed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to stay during the day, to stay away from food, drink, and marital relations, which are normally halal. Food and drink, the nourishment that we achieve from that, is the basis upon which a person survives in this world. The existence of a human being depends on, depends on him eating and drinking. And the existence of the human race depends on him having relations in the permissible way with that which Allah has made permissible for him. So those two things upon which his own existence depend and the existence of the human race depends, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructs us to exercise discipline and restraint. You don't go close to it. And what, what is the lesson? What is the tarbiyah? And what is the training we are gaining? The ulama say, in reality it is for us to ponder for a little while, do some introspection and, and ask ourselves, ask, I should ask my heart, that if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has instructed me to stay away from that upon which my survival depends, and I'm managing to do it for the day, from subuh sadiq till sunset, from before fajr till sunset, 
then those external factors and actions and types of deeds which I indulge in, upon which my existence does not depend, whether it be a haram relationship, whether it be haram dealings, whether it be earning haram, whether it be dealing with family members in an inappropriate way, whether it be disobeying Allah in any way. So those are actions upon which our survival does not depend. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala trains us through this month of Ramadan to detach ourselves from that thing upon which we need to survive. Then we can remind and tell our hearts, do not be deceived and deluded by the, the deception of this world. It is possible for you to leave haram. It is possible for you to leave any form of disobedience. It is possible for this person to turn to that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made uh, important and an injunction in his life. So a person spends the day in that condition. Now, uh, at a time of iftar, the sunnah is to partake of iftar in a moderate way, not that we binge in such a way that a person, um, you know, when he comes for taraweeh, then after the first ruku', everybody can smell in what he'd had for iftar. And the imam might think that somebody's giving him luqma, that he made a mistake, he hears somebody belching in the back, and he thinks somebody's rectifying him for a mistake that he... So that is not the sunnah. The sunnah is with i'tidal, that we have iftar with basic dates and water, jara'atama, at least a sip of water, and we eat in moderation. Iftar is not the re- Ramadan is not the rearranging of our eating times, that we don't eat during the day, and whatever we missed in the day, we make qada. Qada is of your salah and your fasting. If a person must salah, then it's qada. If a person must fast, after Ramadan is qada. There's no qada of eating. That instead of having our breakfast, lunch, and supper, we have first iftar, second iftar, and suhoor. So the same three meals, we just renamed it. So at the time of iftar, we have something in moderation, and, and when the time of taraweeh comes, a person might feel a bit uh, lazy and lethargic at that time. You were working the whole day, and now it's time for salah. Now we stand up and we fight the nafs again. And we tell Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I'm going to stand and listen to that Qur'an which was revealed in the month of Ramadan and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, which was actually found in the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The wife of Rasulullah, Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha, when she was asked about the akhlaq of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, she said, kana khuluquhu al-Qur'an. His character was the Qur'an. So, standing in salah, reciting the Qur'an, this is all part of the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the second important point after which I will conclude and leave the platform for Qari Hudayfa insha'Allah, is for us to stay away from those things which might not physically invalidate the fast, but it renders the fast defective. The ulama call them, there are two words, one is mufattirat, those things which invalidate and break the fast, and these are things called muhbitat, those things which take the thawab away from the fasting. The first is backbiting, all the things which are normally haram, even more emphasis is placed on that. If a person, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa states in a hadith that there are many people, rubba sa'imin laysa lahu min siyamihi illa al atash The only thing that they experience, the only benefit they get from the fasting is that they may remain hungry and thirsty, but there's no real spiritual benefit. So it's no use we stay hungry just for the sake of staying hungry. That is an injunction, it is uh, amongst the fara'id, but it is more important that we stay away from the, that which is haram, uttering that which is haram, and also speaking bad about somebody, being disrespectful or disobedient, telling lies, all the things which we are normally hearing throughout the year, inshallah, let this be 
the month of practicing and exercising, let it be the dynamo and that which energizes our heart for the rest of the year, inshallah, so that the month of Ramadan is not just temporarily a guest at, uh, in our lives, but it is something that will leave us with some benefit and some spiritual lessons, inshallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all tawfiq to witness the month of Ramadan and enjoy it, inshallah. And may the time move very slowly so that we can maximize and take the most benefit from the blessed time that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is affording us. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. As was recited also in the Isha Salah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Wa zakir fa inna zikra tanfa'ul mu'minin. That remind yourselves a reminder is beneficial for the believer. So many of us may be acquainted with these masail. So we will just do some revision of these masail. And there are some others that are not found in the common books that people are used to reading. We will touch on some of those masail as well. So beginning with the fast. Fasting is the, in the month of Ramadan is fard upon every Muslim male and female who is sane and mature. What is fasting? Fasting is remain, to remain uh, away from eating and drinking and cohabitation, uh, marital relations, from subah sadiq, from the morning until the evening. And this is done with the intention of, of worship and to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There are numerous different types of fast. We will not go into all of that. We are focusing on the fast of the month of Ramadan. And this is known as the Fard Mu'ayyan fast. Uh, a fast that has already been stipulated before. And therefore, uh, the niyat for that is also necessary. The niyat intention for fasting is necessary. If a person stays away from all those things that break one's fast without the niyyah, then the fast will not be valid. So if a person stays away from food and drink for the entire day without the intention, then the fast will not be valid. However, it is not necessary to say the niyyah verbally. If a person sets his alarm clock, for example, and he, he does this with the intention to fast the next day, then that will suffice as an intention because he made an intention already. He doesn't have to verbally say an intention, but in his action, his intention is present already. So the verbal intention is not necessary. However, it is good to verbalize the intention and ulama say that a person can say bi ghadin nawaitu that I intend the fast of tomorrow or a person can say Allahumma asumu ghadallaka faghfirli generally all the calendars and so on that we find they have these duas written on them. If a person for some reason did not even think about fasting from the day before and so for the month of Ramadan, if he did not fast, if he did not make his intention in the morning or the night before, then he has up to the, the halfway point of the day. So if half the day has passed, until there he has to make the niyyah for fasting. So it is very unlikely that a person passes so much of the day without intending to fast in the month of Ramadan, because everybody around is fasting and everybody has the intention to fast, and therefore it will not be necessary then 
or it will, it's unlikely that a person will miss uh, making the intention. Then we move on to those things that are makru, as Karisab mentioned, the uh, muhbitat. The muhbitat, those things that remove from the, from the reward of the fast, and they are termed as makru, disliked, uh, to chew things, uh, whether food or non-food items like gum, rubber, plastic, etc., to taste any article of food and to spit it out unnecessarily, to collect one's saliva in the mouth, and then to swallow it, trying to quench one's uh, thirst. This is also makru and highly disliked. And then also to delay the ghusl, if there is ghusl wajib from the night, unnecessarily to delay the ghusl, this is also disliked. To use uh, toothpaste to clean the mouth. Although nothing is going down the throat, but it is causing a taste in the mouth, and this is also disliked. It will not bre- break the fast. However, it is disliked to use such. The use of the miswak or the siwak, the tooth stick that we use to clean the mouth, this is a great sunnah of Rasulullah and it should be done also when we are fasting, there is still reward for that inshallah. And then to also complain of hunger and thirst. So a lot of times people speak about the fast, the fast got me today and hey, today is not a good day and fasting is not for me and I can't handle it. We must not speak like that. It is an act of worship and we should do it with a happy heart and be hopeful of the reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it is disliked to speak in such manner. And then also to take water up into the nostrils when making wudu and so on, unnecessarily or too high to push the water up, this is also disliked to gargle more than is necessary. So a person has to gargle three times in the Hanafi mazhab, to gargle three times when you're making wudu. And you should not exceed that just for the sake of keeping his mouth moist for a longer time. And then, as Qarisa mentioned, to quarrel, argue, and to use vulgar or indecent words. This removes the reward of the fast, and therefore it is termed as makru and highly disliked. And together with that, to backbite or to tell lies, these are all sinful acts, even when one is not fasting, and therefore they become even worse when a person is fasting. Then there are certain things also between the husband and wife that are makru, Disliked, it is disliked for a person to unnecessarily kiss or to uh, to, to caress or fondle uh, the wife and so on when he does not have ease and he is not at ease that it will not go any further beyond that. So if a person is at ease then it is fine to do a little bit of that but he should not continue if he is not at ease and he is not uh, convinced that he can he can stop himself from going any further. Then we come to the things that break one's fast. They are of two kinds. Some of them make only a qada necessary, meaning a person will only have to repeat the fast which he has broken. And for the others, there is the other way there is qada. He has to make up for the broken fast. And then there is also the penalty or the expiation, which is to fast for a consecutive two months, which is 60 days of continuous fasting. And if a person is not able to complete that, then the ulama, he can go to the ulama and they will advise him for whatever reason. Maybe he is a very sickly person or he is extremely old and it is very difficult for him to do the expiation, the continuous fasting of 60 days, then the ulama will advise him accordingly. Things that break one's fast but make only qada wajib. So here there will not be the expiation or the the kafara of the of the 60 days. However, the fast that is broken will have to be made up again. 
Anything that is put by force into the mouth of a fasting person, whether he put it by himself or somebody else put it into his mouth and then it goes down his throat, this will break his fast. So whether he does it himself or not, if it is done to him also, it is put into his mouth forcefully, then it will break the fast and he will have to make one one fast for that. Water going down the throat whilst gargling. So a person is making wudu and he is gargling and he is aware that he is fasting, but together with that, he gargles and then some water goes down the throat. But he is aware that he is fasting. So for them, it, it's a mistake. In fact, water slips down by mistake. It was not intentional and therefore there will only be qada for that one fast. To vomit a, 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 vomit a mouthful intentionally. To vomit a mouthful intentionally. This will break the fast. So a person will put his finger down there and cause, cause himself to vomit and a full mouthful approximately. He must gauge how much. That will break the fast. Or if a person vomited unintentionally, but he did not spit it out, he swallowed it back down, this will break the fast. In the case of unintentional vomiting. So a person vomited unintentionally, and then he swallowed back down what he had brought up, this will break his fast. So what the thing, the thing to do is that if we do vomit, let it come out and not let it go back, do not uh, swallow it back down again. Swallowing intentionally a pebble or a piece of paper or any item that is not used as food or medicine. So it doesn't have to be a food item. Even if it is a non-food item, but it to intentionally swallow it, this will make one qada wajib and, and incumbent upon a person. Swallowing something which is edible, equal to or bigger than a grain of gram, what we know as, what we know as uh, chana, the gram. So if a person has to swallow that intentionally, then it will break the fast. Even though it is not very big, but about the size of a gram, a grain of gram, if a person has to swallow that, it will break his fast. However, it is, if it is first taken out of the mouth and then swallowed, it will break the fast whether it is bigger or smaller than that. So now the size doesn't matter anymore. If a person took a little grain out of his mouth, even if it was smaller than the size of a gram, he took it out of his mouth and then he inserted it again into his mouth and then swallowed it, then qada will be wajib upon him, fard upon him, he will now have to make up that fast. Then many of the older books state that to put oil into the ear or medication into the ear will invalidate the fast. Generally, if a person does so, according to the new research, that if a person is to insert medication or oil into the ear, it will not break the fast immediately, provided that the tympanic membrane, so a person may not be aware of whether his tympanic membrane is perforated or not, meaning there is a hole. So a person may have been injured or something and, and there may be a perforation or some people are born with a perforation there. And so if something goes down into the throat from there, then it would invalidate the fast. So it is not, uh, it has to be qualified that it, it's not always that something enters the ear and it will break the fast, it's not necessarily so. Then inhaling of snuff or anything into the nostrils, it is not permitted to inhale the smoke of um, uh, uh, of the bukhur or the loban that is burning or any incense sticks that are burning. It should not be inhaled unnecessarily intentionally. If this is done intentionally, then it, is, it will uh, invalidate the fast. It is also not permitted to smoke cigarettes or inhale its smoke. Uh, of course, to do so unintentionally, if a person is passing by and the, and the thing is burning there and he smells some of it, that is fine. He did not intentionally go and stand there and try to inhale it. So that is the, the difference there.
Swallowing of the blood from the gums If there is more blood than saliva in the mouth So if there is more blood than saliva in the mouth And a person is to swallow that It will invalidate the fast So a person may not always be able to tell So the safest thing to do is If one knows there is blood in his mouth To simply just put it out To eat and drink Forgetting that one is fasting We know that this does not invalidate the fast But some person may be unaware that eating or drinking by mistake does not invalidate the fast. A person is not aware of that. And now he thinks that his fast is broken. And then he goes and eats intentionally. Then for him there will only be one qada. There will not be kafara for him. Even though he is now eating intentionally. Because the reason the reason is, is based on his understanding. It is not uh, uh, his intention to actually break the fast. Therefore there will not be kafara wajib on him. To eat and drink after subah sadiq. Meaning once the fast time has started uh, the, uh, and, and to break the fast before sunset So a person is looking at the sky And now it is cloudy And he is unaware exactly what, what is the sunset time And so he breaks his fast a little before the time Thinking that the time is over Thinking that it is already sunset So for him there will be one qada If he finds out later That it was in the incorrect time of breaking the fast So for him there will only be one qada, there will not be kafara for him Because he did not intentionally break the fast He uh, he thought that the time was over And therefore there will not be qada, uh, there will not be kafara for him But he will just have to make up the one fast Then to eat any type of raw grain Whether it be rice or uh, any type of bean or anything A person does not usually eat those foods uncooked So if a person is to eat a grain or two of that it will break his fast, but there will not be kafara on that. Even be, the reason being, this is not considered as food. It is not considered as food generally. So if a person is to eat raw, something that is raw, then there will be qada for him and not kafara. Then there are those things that invalidate the fast. So there will be qada. A person will have to make up the fast that is broken. And together with that, there will also be kafara, the 60 days of consecutive fasting, the expiation. So this happens, firstly, by eating or drinking or breaking the fast in any other manner. Example, by smoking, a person breaks the fast without a valid reason. So a person to break his fast without a valid reason. Sometimes a person is extremely ill and he cannot continue the fast any further and now he has a valid excuse and so he breaks his fast, he will have to make up that fast. But he has an excuse. We are talking about not having any valid excuse to break the fast. In this case, a person will have to do the qada together with the 60 consecutive days of fasting which is known as the kafara. For a person to be involved in uh, marital relations or intercourse, this will also invalidate the fast. For a person to do this intentionally, in full consciousness, then a person, the, the fast will break. And it is mentioned by the ulama that whether it be, uh, whether the... whether it be whether either of the two orifices, so the, 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 the back passage, whether the front passage or the back passage is penetrated, they will both break the fast equally. So it is not that only from the front passage that the fast will break, even though it is completely haram and impermissible, even out of Ramadan and without fasting, 
to, to, to penetrate the back passage, but the ulama mentioned that that will break the fast equally as uh, uh, the frontal penetration. Applying surma into the eye or rubbing oil on the head and then thinking that the fast is broken. So a person now does these things and he thinks that the fast is broken and then he intentionally eats or drinks. This will uh, uh, make qada uh, uh, and kafara lazim and wajib upon him. To drink any kind of medication intentionally. While a person is aware that he is fasting and then he drinks some type of medication or to consume the saliva of one's spouse. To consume the saliva of one's spouse or another person, this will also invalidate the fast. Then also, if from the husband and wife, one party is aware that they are fasting and the other party is unaware that the fast has begun, for example, at the time of suhoor. So one party approaches the other unaware so for that party, they will not be kafara, but they will be qada. That fast will be, have, have to be made up. But if the other party was aware that the fast has begun and continues with the marital relation, then for that party, they will be qada together with kafara. So if a person is aware that the fast has begun, then they will be qada and kafara for that person. Then there are some things that do not break the fast. Some people may have taught them to break the fast, but they do not. The first is to drink, to eat or drink something unintentionally or forgetfully. Or for a person to engage in an intercourse forgetfully. It is highly uh, uh, unlikely that both partners will engage in, in intercourse where, where both of them are unaware that the fast has begun. So in that case, if it does happen, then uh, the fast will not break. Just as eating unintentionally or forgetfully, if that happens forgetfully as well, intercourse, then it will also not break the fast. A mosquito or fly or any other object going down the throat unintentionally, or the, the dust of flour or any such thing which goes down the throat or unintentionally, this will also uh, not break the fast. Water entering the ears will not break the fast. Dust or dirt going down the throat, unintentionally of course, will not break the fast. Swallowing one own, one's own saliva, swallowing one's own saliva will not break the fast obviously. But we did say earlier that it is makru and dislike to collect the saliva and to swallow it. The applying of kuhul or surma in the eyes will not invalidate the fast. Taking a bath to keep cool will not break the fast. Rubbing oil into the body or the hair will not break the fast. To vomit unintentionally. A person vomits unintentionally, we said this will not break the fast. The applying of ether or perfume, uh, brushing the teeth without toothpaste or powder using a miswak, this of course will not break the fast. And then to have a, a dream which will, will make the ghusl necessary and wajib, this also will not break the fast. A person will continue the, fa continue the fast and simply go and make a ghusl. That said, Ejaculation of semen, etc., by looking simply or thinking or having those type of thoughts about a person, whether the person is halal for the person or not, but simply by thinking or by looking at something haram, a person may look at something on his on his phone that is haram, and in the process, ejaculation of semen takes place. This will 
uh, uh, um, will not invalidate the fast. Reason being that there was no physical contact. There was no physical contact with the with the private organ. So if there is any type of uh, uh, contact with the physical organ, the sexual organ, then this will definitely cause the fast to break, and therefore, and then there will be qada and kafara. As well. There will be qada for that fast. There will be qada for that fast. Together with that, I would like to add also that what is very common in today's time that many youth and many people are involved in what is known as istimna in the Arabic language and that that is known as masturbation in the English language. So people that are involved in this, they need to know that the fast definitely breaks because there is contact with the organ. But what is what is the result of this? That there will need to be qada of that fast that is broken. However, there will not be kafara in this case. There will not be the 60 fast, 60 consecutive fast for expiation in this case. There will be qada. Together I would like to add also that it is a major sin out of the month of Ramadan and therefore during the month of Ramadan it is so much worse for a person to do this. Firstly that the fast is breaking and, and this is a major sin to break the fast without any, any reason. And secondly, any any sin that is carried out in the month of Ramadan is worse in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because Allah has given us a chance to get closer to Him. So it is not uh, it's something to be taken lightly just for the reason that there is no kafara or expiation or 60 days of consecutive fasting for doing this. We should not think that it is something small or light or insignificant. It is as serious as any other major sin and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us from, from all of this. Uh, before we end the last section here, people who are exempted from fasting, they are people who may be sick, and their health is likely to be bad, badly affected by fasting. So if fasting is to make them further or more sick, then it is best for them to abstain from that until they are well enough to continue fasting. They should make up the loss uh, a day for a day. So if a person did not fast one day due to his sickness, then he will have to fast only one day for that particular fast when he recovers after the month of Ramadan. A person who is a musafir, a traveler, he is undertaking a journey of 77 or more kilometers, then, and he does not instend, intend to remain as, as, a, as a muqim or to, to remain in any particular place for more than 14 days, then for him there is also exemption from fasting. However, it is better for him to, fa- uh, to fast in the month of Ramadan than to keep qada later provided that the journey is not a difficult one. So for example, a person is driving by car from here to Durban. We have very comfortable vehicles. If it is not very difficult for a person, then it is better for him to fast. Although there is concession, but it will be better for him not to do qada and to fast. If it is feared that hunger or thirst will lead to death, then it is permitted to break one's fast. It is wajib to keep qada of a nafil fast that was broken before completing it. So we are talking about fard fast here, but they just added here that uh, if a person is began a nafil fast before the month of Ramadan, it may be, and he for whatever reason broke the nafil fast, then now it becomes binding upon him, it becomes wajib upon him now to make up that fast that was broken. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the understanding. Subhanallah bihamdi. We'll make a short thicker and then inshallah we'll terminate.
Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. <coughs> Begin with the zikr of La ilaha illallah. There is none worthy of worship besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. La ilaha illallah. La ilaha Yeah. Uh-huh. 
الصالحات سبحان الله والحمد لله ولا إله إلا الله والله أكبر سبحان الله والحمد لله ولا إله إلا الله والله أكبر سبحان الله والحمد لله ولا إله إلا الله والله أكبر سبحان الله والحمد لله ولا إله إلا الله والله أكبر سبحان الله والحمد لله ولا إله إلا الله والله أكبر سبحان الله والحمد لله ولا إله إلا الله والله أكبر سبحان الله والحمد لله ولا إله 